Welcome to Faith City Podcast with your lead pastor, Kevin Wright. For more podcasts, news, and upcoming events, please check out www.myfaithcity.org. Right? You're not a family if you really... Well, you, you, are, you are family. You may not know me, but you're, I consider you my family. So, Are you all there in Genesis? Are you there in the book of Genesis? That's right before the preface, you know, right there. <laughs> Some people may not know that. It's the beginning of your Bible. I want to talk to you how to get to the place of your destiny. This message I'm about to speak to you was the very message that launched me into the ministry. This was the very message that God gave Kevin Wright when I started being and working in the ministry as a a full-time pastor at Faith City Church. This is the message. Everything I'm about to share with you is exactly what God has shared with me. The notes, everything I'm about to share is what brought me to this place, that, the reason why I'm standing before you today. This very message is what got me to go out there and charge. It's like you know, riding a big wave at Waimea Bay, man, and you see the wave coming, and, and you can either back out or you can charge it. That's exactly what I did here. I, I rode the biggest wave I possibly could that God told me to do something that only He was going to be able to do it. Everybody say, impossibilities. It was impossible to me, but it was impossible to God. So I want to ask you some questions. Are you tired of a mediocre life? Has life got the best of you and your family? Are your circumstances ruining your marriage and your family? Do you feel like God has given up on you? Have you been angry at God? Have you allowed the instability of the world to cause you to crumble? Do you feel you will never fulfill your destiny, your God-given dreams? If yes, then you need to know how God feels about you. This may be where you are today, but it don't mean you will be there for the rest of your life. How to get to the place of your destiny. Because that's where I was three years ago. Didn't feel like God was, I felt like God wasn't done with me. I didn't feel like I was going to make it. I didn't feel like that God even cared for me. And I've been in the ministry all these years. I'm a born again believer, but I actually felt that God did not care for me. Isn't it amazing how you, you can get uh, just some time with God and get this revelation of the Lord and His Word and experience His presence, but a year later, you're like, where is God? And you, and you had this revelation. You know God was there at one time. You felt Him. But then there was this time in my life where I didn't feel Him. I didn't feel Him in my life like strong and I didn't feel His presence. And, and you know, have, have you ever been there? Wait, have you ever been there? You know, I have. And I'm sure some of you have. And, and if I would have asked my natural circumstances if I was going to make it, if I'd asked my natural circumstances, how am I going to endure this trial? How am I going to endure this crisis? How am I going to endure this storm? They all would have said, you're not going to endure. You're not going to outlast this storm. This is the final storm. This is the last storm. This is the perfect storm to ruin you and your family. Has anybody ever been there? Man, I'm telling you, it was a perfect storm for us. How are you going to get to the place here? God, you've promised me all these things. 
You've got this snapshots of pictures in your mind of what God wants you to do in your life. It's, what, it's when you go to bed at night, you see what you're supposed to be doing. You know what God has planned for you. But in the natural, it don't look like you're getting even close to those pictures. You know, you see yourself with the job. You see yourself prospering. You see yourself making it in this earth. But in the natural, it looks so far. It looks so far. How are you going to get to this place, to this destiny that God has designed just for you? Tailor-made just for you. I know I'm tailor-made to preach. I know I'm tailor-made to be a church planner and plant churches all around the nation. And all around the world, I'm tailor-made for it. But there are times, and there has been times, it looks so far for me to be able to do this. If I looked inside Kevin Wright, there is no way Kevin Wright's going to do this. I like what Sharon said. Get your eyes on the cross. Lay your burdens down, man. Get a glimpse of what the blood of Jesus has provided for us. Get a glimpse of who you are in Jesus. Because at one time, these little questions I had here was little questions I was writing down of how I felt. You say, well, there's no way that uh, you could ever feel that way. The disciples never felt that way. Yeah, they felt that way. They seen miracles after miracles after miracles. Then they're stuck on a boat and a storm comes. And the first question they said to the Master, Master, don't you care? Don't you care about us? Don't you care that we perish? That's the very first thing the enemy hit them with, that God don't care about you. And God does care about you. He cares about every detail about you. He he created you. He knows how many hairs on your head. If you ain't got no hair, He knows the number zero. (laughs) Amen. He knows everything about you. You, you, He's got you right where He wants you, alright? He loves you. But when... Storms come, the very first thing we ask is, don't you care? God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you left me out here to suffer? Why have you forgot about me? God has not forgotten about you. He never forgets about you. You're on His mind all the time. You don't leave His mind. You don't leave His thoughts. Amen. So how are you going to get to the place of your destiny? Genesis chapter 11. When you get there, say, I got it. Uh, (laughs) Amen. Genesis, look what you started, Terry. Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. I'm going to read out the New Living Testament. And if I mispronounce some names... It don't matter. You're probably wrong too. (laughs) Verse 31. It says, And Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, and his grandson Lot, and left Ur of the Chaldeans, that's the way I look at it, to go to the land of Canaan. Now underline this in your Bible, whatever you have. But they stopped instead at the village of Haran and settled there. Underline, they stopped instead and they settled there. Verse 32, Terah lived for 205 years and died while he was still in Haran. He was on his way to Canaan. He stopped and said, he settled there, and he died while he still was in Haran. 
Genesis chapter 12. Go there. Turn over. Genesis chapter 12. Let's go to verse 5. Abram took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth and his livestock, and all the people who had joined his household at Haran, and finally arrived at Canaan. Now, the very first thing you need to know about your dreams, you need to know that God has a destiny. See, Terah was destined to go to Canaan. He, God told him, I want you to go to Canaan. But the reason why I had you underline, but it says, he stopped instead. He stopped instead, and he settled at a place he should have never settled at. He stopped instead of going to Canaan. He settled there, and he never made it to Canaan. He never made it to his destination. His destiny, destination. Alright? That's where we get the word destination. If you have a destination to church... That's your destiny. Your destiny this morning was to come to church. Your destination. And Tira was destined to go to Canaan. There was lush valleys in Haran. No enemies to fight. Everything was comfortable. They don't need to go further. They got tired and wearied in their journey. If you read on, there was enemies in Canaan. There was a reason why they stopped where they did. The reason why they didn't go to Canaan, man, there is enemies in Canaan. Who wants to go to Canaan? That's tough living. But they disobeyed God. They didn't go to Canaan. God wanted them in Canaan, but they settled instead. I don't know about you guys, but I've done that quite a few times in my life. God told me to do something, but I settled. I stopped instead. I settled for what was comfortable. I settled for what was fit just for me. And I wanted to do what was for Kevin Wright, not what I wanted to do for Jesus. Because what Jesus tells you to do is not going to be comfortable and it's not going to be just easy when it comes to your flesh. Hello, somebody. I'm going to talk to you about your destiny today. Tira did not make it to his destination. He missed his opportunity. He missed his time frame. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to miss any opportunity. I don't want to miss any time frame that God has ordained for Kevin Wright. This is your time frame, Kevin Wright. This is your opportunity, Kevin Wright. Get out there and do it. I don't want to be on my way and say, I'll just stop right here and settle right here. The Bible says in Matthew, Oh, Jerusalem, you missed the hour of your visitation. I don't want to miss my window. I don't want to miss my time frame. I don't want to fall short of what God called me to do. I want the land of milk and honey, amen? Even if I have to fight battles, I would rather obey God. Amen. I would rather obey God. The enemy will oppose your success. Everybody say, I'm not afraid. When Terah did not do what God said, he told his son to do it. That's another thing. I don't want anybody else doing what I'm called to do. I don't want God to say, because you know, because Kevin Wright didn't do what I told him to do, I'm going to call Tim to do it. No, 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 no. I want to do what God called me to do. I want to obey Him with my whole life. Even if it hurts. Even if i got to bow down to my own will and let my will die. I want to do what God's called me to do with my life. I'm not in this world for Kevin Wright. 
I'm not in this world for what can I do? Me, 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 me. I don't want to do me, 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 me. I want to do Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen. I'm not in this world just for Kevin Wright. You get, a, you get a revelation that you're here on purpose. And that God has an assignment for you in this earth. He didn't, he didn't go down the road skipping people with their assignment. Everybody has an assignment. Something that God has tailor-made for you to do. Something God has designed for you to do. It's in you to do it. You may have lack of resources right now. You may have lack of finances. You may have where you can't do in the natural what God's called you to do. That's why you're going to need Him. Amen. you got to know, number one, you got to know that you have a destination. Now I want you to write these things down. Six keys that will lead you to your destination. Now, you need to know that the enemy never wants you to arrive to your destination. Don't think just for a moment the devil's just going to lay down, Kyle, and just, you know, hey, he's decided he's going to do what God wants him to do. I'm just going to lay down and let him do it. Don't you dare think for a second that Satan's just going to lay down and the enemy's going to... Because we do have an enemy. Did y'all know that? We have an enemy. If I would have listened to the enemy, I would be just a loser... I'd be a a nobody, somebody that's not that smart, probably out there doing janitorial work, nothing against janitorial work. I was a janitor before I was a a pastor. I would have just stayed doing what I was doing when I left Kennedy Space Center as a janitor. And the Lord said, I got you on this church. I got you on this church. Do it. And if I said no, I, would, I went and went around all Central Florida, Ron, looking for another janitorial position. I would have just would have stopped instead, and I would have just said, there's no way that I'm good enough, Paula, and I'm, I've got the goods for this. I would have just stayed and just been a janitor the rest of my life. None against janitors. Praise God, I made eighteen fifty an hour. Anybody else want to be a janitor? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Come on now, that's some good, good money. So here's are the keys. This is what God did with me, and it's what God will do with you. Write them down. Tattoo those jokers on your spirit. Amen? You must have the ability to hear God. Back then, when Abram was there, there were no preachers, nobody to encourage him, no Bibles in that time. They didn't have Kevin Wright going, Abram, you can do it! Abram, you can do it! They talked with God, and they met with God, and that's what God gave them, and they had to follow what He gave them, or they had to reject what He was giving them. Was there disobedient people in the Old Testament? Lots and lots and lots of disobedient people. Are there still lots and lots of disobedient people today? Christian people. Hello, somebody. You must have the ability to hear God. You can hear God. You can hear God. I said you can hear God. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. You can hear God. If Kevin Wright can hear God, you can hear God. Now the Bible says in John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not be presenting His own ideas. He will be telling you what He has heard. 
He will tell you of the future. Now get this. When the Spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not be presenting His own ideas. Now get a glimpse of this. The Father is talking to His Son, and He's talking about us. He's talking about Kevin Wright. The Holy Spirit gets in on it. And said, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Oh, you have that idea for Kevin Wright. Oh, you want Kevin Wright to do that? You want Ephraim to do that? Yo, you want Tim to do that? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I will go tell them what I heard you talking about them. See, the Father talks about you. They talk about us. They're in, look, they're talking about me right now. It says, Jesus is forever at the right hand, making what? Intercession. For who? For me. For you. Forever. They're talking about you. If God is talking about you, if your Father is talking about His plan for your life, His future for your life, I got a good feeling we need to hear what He's saying. And there's somebody that's going to come with the, the, you know, the mail carrier is going to come. That's the Holy Spirit. That mail carrier is going to come. He's going to come by your house because he don't skip nobody's houses. And if you are willing to take the time to hear what God has to say to you, he's going to say, here's your package. But I got a feeling he's knocking on some Christian's doors. Boom, 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 boom. I got your package and nobody's coming to the door. And then we're blaming God because where we are at in our life. We got to hear God. You say, Pastor Kevin, have you missed God? I miss God a lot. Because I'm one of those guys, I would rather step out and do it and fail than lay back and wonder if. Amen. I go all out. I'm saying, come on, just jump out of the plane. (laughs) Amen. The Holy Spirit does not speak of His own agenda. But He only repeats what He heard the Father and the Son speak about your destiny. Amen. He's talking about you. The Father and the Son, they talk about me. If you need direction in your life, you don't need a 1-800 number. What you need is the Holy Spirit talking to you about your life. You don't need a 1-800 number. God's got everything that He needs to get into your hands. You know, this week uh, was a very hard week for the rights. You know, my mother, it just, I mean, she couldn't walk from here to the bathroom without being out of breath. I mean, literally out of breath. She has to sit still right now. And we're battling and believing. And, and so I said, Lord, I'm going to need a plan for this. You know, because all this medicine that they're giving her right now, it's not helping her. So we got to either, God, you, come on, come on, you better, come on. And I believe that God gave me some, some plans that we can do. You, COPD in the natural is incurable. You can't cure it. People die from it. People do. Don't have to mean my mom has to die from it. Don't mean my mom has to die from it. I don't care whoever else died from it. I mean, as soon as this happened, I ran into some, how A loved one passed away. How did they die? COPD. I mean, I must have ran in five people who died of COPD. Don't mean my mom has to die of COPD. We got to come up. We got to pray. We got to get God's will on this. We know His will is for her to be healed. But how God would... I mean, if you're not going to come down and manifest that healing right then, let's, let's, let's sort out the opportunities for her healing. Diet, nutrition. 
I mean, medicines will mess you up nowadays. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They'll mess you up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and I'm not knocking medicine. I'm not knocking medicine. I mean, I'll take it aspirin or something, you know. And I think you should take, I mean, if you're going to take, take medicine, you better do it in faith in the name of Jesus. But we need to pray and hear God about our destiny, even when it comes to our health. Our destiny is for us to be healed, for us to be whole, for us to be healthy, isn't it? And my mom's home today, fighting this. We're fighting it. But I'm going to keep preaching the truth. I'm not going to sit back and go, it must it be God's will for her to die just like that. No, you're messing with a bulldog now. I grabbed that word and I won't let go. What if she dies? I won't let go of the word. I'll keep standing on the word. We have the rights have a battle before us. And maybe you got a battle before you. Get your plan. Hear God. Pray. Get on your face. God wants to speak to you about every every part of your life, every situation, every family member, every child. We had our battles with faith, man, with her with her uh situation that she has slow processing and things like that and we're just man i'm waking up in the mornings having her quote scripture i mean we're believing god that's all i know to do believe god believe god over your children fight for your children speak the word over your children speak life over your children i know there's some present conditions speak life my yes mom in the natural mom, COPD, COPD is incurable. But in the supernatural mom, in the Word of God, in my Bible says that God heals. I'm sticking to that. So I know in the natural, the fact is, you need a miracle. But the truth is, my God is that miracle. I'm not denying the facts, man. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying the facts aren't real. Let's deny it. I have a broken arm. I don't have a broken arm. See, I have a cast on. I don't have a broken arm. I don't have a broken You got a broken arm. I'm not saying be stupid. I'm saying, yes, your arm's in a cast. That's the fact. The truth is, I'm coming out of this cast. You know, I, I mean, what's wrong with coming out there in the faith zone? Ain't nothing wrong with it. If you want to get to your place of destiny, and that's what I've been telling my mother, your destiny, mom, is not that you die with COPD. I resist that. I rebuke that. I don't even, no, 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 no. Every part of me, no. Don't care what anybody thinks about me, no. I don't care if you believe the way I believe or not. No, in my family, no, 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 no. Well, we don't like your church now. No, I don't care. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Number two, write this down. These are some good keys here. Believe what God tells you. Hear what God tells you. Believe what He tells you. One of the, the biggest fears, Scotty, is that the Word of God won't work. 
That God won't come through on His promise. That God don't know what He's doing. That God don't have a plan. That God don't know how He can do it. He don't know how to put the puzzle pieces together. When we have fear, that's what we're saying to God. God, you... Listen, you don't really know what you're doing. I know my life's in pieces right now. You don't know how to put it back together. God, I don't know what I'm going to do about my life. I don't know how you're going to do this. Fear. Everybody say fear. Fear that the promise of God won't work will not get you to your destination. You must believe in what God tells you. If God has told you to do it, then you must believe that He's going to do through you what He told you that He's going to do through you. Now, this stuff don't happen just overnight. Overnight. It's a dream, and no, it's a process. Everything in your life right now, it's a process. Now, the healing plan that I, that I see in my mind will be a process. I see it. We're, I'm going to get aggressive about it. I, I, don't, I don't believe in just letting someone die. We fight for life. In the rights, we fight for it, man. We fight. If they go, they didn't go without a fight. You're going to know that about me over the years. This pastor right here, I fight for life. I fight for you get, If I come to the hospital, I'm fighting for someone's life. If they go, they got life. If they go, they got healed. Amen. Amen. They got healed. They got a miracle. Nobody, if you're believing for a miracle and you die, that's the best miracle you can ever get. You're as perfect as you can be. If you, if, let me tell you right now. If they get a glimpse of heaven, they ain't going to stay in this place down here. My daughter got a glimpse of heaven. She didn't want to be. She didn't want to be here another minute. She had a vision of heaven, and she ran in there to our bedroom, saying, "Mom, Dad, I want to die." <laughs> yeah, that'll wake a dad up like that. <laughs> Mom and Dad, I want to die. What's going on? Do you have a nightmare? <laughs> she got a glimpse of heaven. She got a glimpse of heaven. And she didn't want to be here no more. At that very, now she does because that glimpse, it's faded away. But when you get a true glimpse of the glory, this place down here don't look so good. You get one glimpse of that glory. And every one of your loved ones that's there, I can promise you this. They are not suffering and they are not worried and they're not crying and they are perfect. Every little baby that's been aborted, God is raising those babies. He don't, listen, nothing is left out in the cold when it comes to Jesus. He's got everything under control up there, man. Amen. We got home and um, our dog, I guess our dog would have been 12 years old. And God bless Lauren, she was taking care of our little dog. And little Zoe died while we were gone. 12 years old we had that pet. Man, we, we love that dog. And Faith... Got upset, Lauren called us, and Brian Kwasik had to come get the dog and bury the dog. And, and it was very, very tough. I'm not going to cry. I've already cried. Amen. And um, we, we got the dog buried, and Faith says, does dogs go to heaven? Now we're in a theological... Um, I said, if God cares about a mansion, I, I just if He cares about a mansion... And I, I, I wasn't even going to get, if you've got a theological debate with me, don't even talk to me right now. If God cares about streets of gold and a mansion, and, and there's animals, and there's lion, you know, faith went to heaven. She saw a lizard, a lizard, 
You know, God loves children, right? And when, when, when she got a glimpse of, of the glory, CT, she saw this big lizard and she pet this lizard. I mean, do you think that that was just an, a, an accidental dream? That she, it was just made up in her mind? And she went to bed thinking about heaven that night. And she saw a lizard and that lizard and what she felt made her run in a room saying, Mom, Dad, I want to die. <laughs> I don't think so. I said, Faith, the dog can't get born again. We know that. The dog can't confess Jesus Christ as Lord. That's my debate right now. I was like, God, this dog can't get saved. It can't get saved. I've never led my dog to Jesus. Now I've got a promise. And Lord, how am I going to get this dog saved? It's gone. It can't confess. But the, but the Lord knows our desires, and you know, and if there's a mansion in heaven, I just think that God could put a little puppy running up to us when we get there. Amen. I just think He could do it. I just think He could do it. If there's a lizard, and there's this, and there's tree, I mean, there's fruit, if He can do all that, there can be a little dog named Zoe run up to my daughter when we get there. But that is not going to be the first thing she's looking for when she gets there. It's going to be the glory, amen. It's going to be Jesus. That is heaven. What we think is heaven on earth right now, we need to get some of that Jesus to the the earth and to people. Amen. Right now she's thinking about a dog, but later on it won't be about that dog. Well, we know each other there. Listen, it won't even matter when you're there. Man, I'm telling you right now, it won't even matter. As long as you've got Jesus, and when you get there, some of you say, I don't care who I know, I made it. Some of you will be like, I made it. You might see one of your old friends from high school. How did he get here? <laughs> Jesus. How did he get here? He was a heathen from hell. I saw him out every weekend. <laughs> Everybody say, believe what God tells you. Now write this down. This is important. You must have a season of denouncing. A season of denouncing. There comes a time when you have to get out of the safe zone into the faith zone. The place... Now, here here it is, right here. A season of denouncing is the place that if God don't come through for you, you are finished. I like that place. That's a place most people don't want to be at. If God don't come through for you, you're finished. Yeah, I like that. But you say, you're crazy, Pastor. I like it. I like to see. Yeah, that's where miracles happen. I like to see those miracles. Step out so far, man. It's, it's, there you can't even swim back. A season of denouncing where you don't do what you want to do anymore. You do what God wants you to do. And that's all you do is what God wants you to do. That's what you work toward all the time. Amen. Somebody say Amen. The will of God will always stretch you beyond what you're capable of doing. If you're doing the will of God in your life, it's going to stretch you. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get stronger. You're going to become a man. You're going to become a woman in this. You are being stretched because you are willing to do the will of God in your life. 
Amen. Somebody say, praise God. You can stay in the same place and it can be a sure thing or you can take a risk. You can take a risk. That's what I don't see in the body of Christ much anymore. People taking a risk. People willing to go for it. You know, um, I was with uh, a a preacher friend of mine and he said that his friend just went through a divorce it was so horrible. And, you know, he, and he just sold out on Jesus. And he went to Pakistan with the cross. On a cross. And he carried the cross through Pakistan. Carried it. This is where people die for saying Jesus. Proclaiming the gospel. He carried the cross. And there was war and everything else. He carried it right through a war zone. Took a risk. What if he died? Man, that's the way to go. Being martyred for Jesus? Could you imagine that? Wow. Could you imagine the, the girl at Columbine High School years and years ago? The, the guy put the gun to her head. Are you a Christian? Yes. And he shoots her. And she goes to be with Could you imagine this teenage girl putting her life on the line and saying yes in the face of a murderer? Well, you say, this is too tough, Pastor Kevin. This is denouncing. What do you mean denouncing? I'm talking about not doing life the way you want to do it and doing life the way God wants you to do it. No matter if it kills you. No matter if it causes some pain. No matter if it takes you through a tough period. Man, get through it. You say, you militant. We should be militant. Amen. This is what got me to... To where I am today is what's going to get me to the future of my destiny. Moses denounced some things. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 and I'll read it. It says it was by faith Moses when he grew up he refused to be treated as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the affliction of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin for a season. Denouncing is this. You Choosing to do the will of God than the temporary pleasures of sin for a season. Because sin is just for a season. The pleasures of it is just for a season. There will be a harvest time of what you're doing in sin. What you've done in private. There will be a harvest time of it. And Moses says, hey, instead of this temporary pleasures of sin I've been doing, I would rather suffer the persecution with the people of God than sin for a season. That's denouncing. Amen. Write this down. Every step up in the kingdom is a step down in the flesh. Every step up in the kingdom of God is a step down in the flesh. Every time you step up in this kingdom, you've got to say no to that nasty flesh that doesn't want you to do anything for God. You've got to say no to it. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm, you don't know what I'm going through. You never denounce that. Listen, I denounce the girls. The clubs. The alcohol, all that that came with this world when Kevin Wright was serving God. I drank a half a beer one time, acted drunk. I've never been drunk. I've never smoked dope. I've never did a drug my entire life. I've never did a drug, never tried it. And I'm not saying I didn't inhale or anything like that. <laughs> Y'all get that in a minute. No, I've never tried, never put it to my. No. And when I. <laughs> 
Keith's over there going, well, I have. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh, man. You in church today is just a miracle, man. I love you, bro. <laughs> Look, denouncing is that when, when I got saved, I could have did all these things with all these people that would have took me the opposite direction from my life, and I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Amen. My testimony is, I did not do it. I think I'm, that's just as good as testimony if someone said they did do it. And they don't do it no more. We're still testimonies. Amen. I said still a testimony. Now, write this down. Have the courage to do it. Now, Keith, God's given you some destiny. You're going to have to have the courage to do it. Because when He reveals it to you, Jen, it's the first thing that will come will be fear that you can't. The first thing, Scotty, will be, you can't do it. David is say, you can't do it. No, courage. you got to have the courage to do it. Now, if you know anything about World War, World War II... When the ships would go out and fight, they would get something called closed orders. Anybody study the World War II closed orders? Anybody ever heard of that, closed orders? Closed orders is this meant would, um, they would not know what they were doing concerning battle until they reach a certain place, a certain depth of sea. Then they could see what those orders of combat were. It means they had, before they even knew what they were doing, they would be sent out to a certain depth of sea. They were never even told what they were going to be doing yet. It's called closed orders. We're sending you out. There's something going on. They know something's going on. Something's stirring. We know that there's an assignment, but we don't know what it is. And they sent them out to the sea. And when they got out there so far, they would see what those orders were. And then they'd have to do it. Every time that I've ever did anything for God, he, it's always come like closed orders. He would say, go out there and, and I just want you to do this. He would never reveal the whole plan to me right up front. He would just say, go to Canaan. Just go to this place. Just, Kevin, I want you to go just talk to this person. Just do this, Kevin. Just, just do what I say. He, he directs your steps, not your leaps and bounds. You don't just leap and bounds into your death. It's step by step. Closed orders. You say, well, I don't know what's going on. It's very uncomfortable. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is God told me to do this. I don't know what's going to happen. Don't worry about it. When the orders come and you know what you're supposed to do, God's going to have your back 100%. Amen. Many times. The only thing Jesus will tell you is go. Everybody say go. 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 Many times it'll just be go. I don't want to go. I got all these people. I love all these people. I love this place. Go, Kevin. I'm so comfortable here. Oh, God, I just, I got a job. I got this. I got that. Go. Go. 
sound like, Pastor, you're telling everybody to go. I'm saying, go into your destiny. Go. Go in the name of Jesus. You get out there, and you get out there so far that you can't go back. Amen. Closed orders. He reveals his plan. Y'all know what, y'all, y'all heard about the ships, a point of no return. Have you ever heard that? Point of no return. That means they'd be, they're sent out to go do what they were told to do. A point of no return is, you ain't going back. You ain't coming back. That's too hard. Not with Jesus. Not with Jesus. Everybody say, have the courage. Number five, quickly, vacate your comfort zone. Vacate your comfort zone. Everybody say, vacate your comfort zone. I like the picture of Peter walking on water. But I like the picture of him getting out of the boat first. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? You know, all the disciples hanging out on the boat in that very, very first step, man. That very first step. About to vacate his comfort zone. When's the last time one of you guys walked on water? When God says, come on out. You can come on out. You can for sure come on out. That first step. All those disciples could have walked on water that day. There's only one who did it. Man, I'd have been, I mean, I'd like to have been one of the guys that said, I'm coming too. <laughs> he, just, he just took a step. You just take a step. Look. That first step. That's all it takes is that first step. Everybody say first step. Vacating his comfort zone. How many people want to walk on water for Jesus? I love the picture of Peter walking on water. Could you imagine the disciples? See, if you don't get out of the boat, nobody gets to cheer you on. Look at Peter. He's walking on. That's my boy right there. You don't get none of, that's my boy right there. If you don't make the first step, nobody cheers you on. Oh, that's really good, Pastor Kevin. Thank you, Jesus. God gets the glory. Amen. There's something, I'm preaching this for somebody today. There's something that God's told you to do. Maybe God called you to this church to do something. Maybe you're supposed to be involved in this ministry. Maybe you're supposed to tend down. Ten years down the road, you're supposed to be doing something, but you got to put the God's got to put the puzzle pieces together. I was in ministry. I think this is my 20th year in ministry. I know I look 17, but it's like my 20th year in ministry. I've been in ministry for a long time. Spiritually, I'm older than I look. You know what I mean? I've been doing this for a while. I I never got into any money scandals. In 20 years of ministry, never heard any rumors about me cheating on my woman. When you got the best, why mess with the rest? I mean, we dealt with teenagers, vulnerable teenagers all those years. Never had a reputation of messing with one of those teenagers. We were safe. Amen? You hear youth pastors on on TV the other day. Did y'all hear about the youth pastor? I guess uh, got caught in a, a sex scandal or something with a teenager. I mean, it happens. 
It happens all the time. But we, we stayed the course. Come on, somebody. I stayed the course. Terry stayed the course and did what God called us to do. You think the devil didn't try to attack us? You think the devil didn't try to prevent us? You think the devil didn't try to close our mouths? You think the devil didn't try to make us poor? Well, I'm going to get you so poor, Kevin Wright, you can't do nothing for God. That's the reason why God wants us to have money so we can do something for Him. You know, you got you to get in your car and you got to drive. That car needs gas. You need a vehicle. You need a vehicle for Jesus. You need money with a mission. That's the only reason why I need it. I don't sit around thinking about me. Bankruptcy didn't stop us. Are y'all hearing me? He didn't stop us. People left our church, man. Pastor went through bankruptcy. See ya. I don't need you anyway. Let me kick you in the rear end. Sometimes people need a good kick on their way out. <laughs> yeah, they do, don't they? Oh, man. <laughs> no, we didn't stop. When that economy, everything happened with the economy, what we realized is we were doing things our way. You know, we borrowed because we could. Now, man, we're doing things God way. God way. God way. I repented of, of my, what I did with finances. That's why our church is debt free. I'm not going to borrow. I got to, I have a revelation. The best way to not get in debt. Are you ready? The Lord told me this. Don't borrow. What if the money don't come in? I guess we won't get it. What if we don't get to pay for this building? I am a building. Bless God, I go right out there in this park. Face City. Meet me at that pavilion over there. I'll preach to you right there. I'm over this crud of trying to pay for buildings, and I am a building. Oh, we're going to have to, guys, we're going to have to take up three offerings today. Pay for this building. Not here. Bless God, if we got to take three offerings up, we need to be outside. Leave this thing here to rot. I ain't going to sit around and labor over this brick and mortar. Bless God. <laughs> I get this way sometimes. If you're first time guest, I'm sorry. Lastly, don't focus on your distractions. When you obey God, distraction will come your way. Anytime you sow a seed into good ground, what do you do? When a farmer sows seed into the ground, what's he put on that ground? Now I'm a farmer. Back in the day, you put poop, mess, yeah, compost. Put it on there. And, and look, what happens? When you put the mess on it, it's to, it's to get a good seed, you get a good crop. See, the thing is, God wants to turn your mess into a message. 
See, right now you're under the ground and you feel like you're going through all this mess. But out of that mess, you're going to get a message. I'm going through bankruptcy and, and I was going through a mess, losing, come get my vehicle and barely have money to eat on. But God turned that mess into a message. Now I'm here to tell you. Right now I'm here to tell you. I'm still standing. I'm still preaching. I still got my marriage. I'm still in love. Satan didn't get us. Let the material crap go. I said it. I said it. I said crap in church. Last week I said F you. That means forgive you if you weren't here. F forgive. That's what we say at Faith City. Somebody's like, dear Lord, the, pre- the cussing pastor. <laughs> Satan will always give you alternate routes to take besides the will of God. Lastly, I'll close with this. Dream no small dreams because they stir not the heart of man. Opportunity, Bruce, is a visitor. Don't assume it will be back for tomorrow. I'll say it again. Opportunity is a visitor. Don't assume it will be back tomorrow. Move while the door is open. Amen? Move while the door is open. Amen? I don't know, somebody showed up to this church today needing to hear this. Somebody that God's been stirring on the inside of you, your dream. And God's got this big dream on the inside of you, but you never seem to really be able to put the pieces together. But God today is saying, hey, I'm going to put these pieces together so you can do what I've called you to do. I don't want to do anybody. I don't want to raise up anybody else to do it. I want you to do it. I know you by name. I know everything about you. And I want you to do this. I want to say this. If you loan your imagination to the devil, he'll pervert it. Our dreaming is not for anything else but for the Lord. Our thought life is to be thought and creativity and all that's to be for him. So whatever right now that you've been going through, maybe the devil's been giving you these evil, bad ideas. Well, I'll just do this. And You know, I was with someone one day, a worldly person, and he was actually thinking of, he was telling me, I don't know, would it be bad if I started a strip club? I mean, I mean, think about the strip clubs. Somebody had an idea to be an entrepreneur, to make money through through women doing these things at these strip clubs. Think about it. Somebody thought it. It was an evil imagination. But God, God, the, the fact that they wanted to do something, that avenue that came out of them, there, there, was a, there was a part of it, get me on this, that God wanted to use, but not for perversion. See, the very purpose and the desire that came out of them, I want to do this it came out of perversion. But the, that very part that said, I want to be this entrepreneur, God had something for them and they turned it down thinking, somebody alive, that's not going to be good enough for me. I won't make enough money for that working for Jesus. I won't do anything. I'll start a strip club. Somebody disobey God. 
God had a destiny on that person. You think Hugh Hefner, you think God wanted him to be doing what he's doing? No. But the, the thing in him that made him create such a multi-billion dollar industry called Playboy, you say, you know a lot about that. And that's one thought I had before I was saved. But my friend Raleigh Stevenson, I'll tell you this. He wrote, he wrote, he gave, God told him to give Hugh Hefner a book. Live long, live strong. He sent the book to Hugh Hefner, wrote him a note and says, hey, I love you. Just want you to know I'm praying for you. Hugh Hefner wrote him back and says, I read the book. It was really good. Thank you for sending this to me. It meant so much to me. But everybody was sitting back judging him for what he's doing. And let me tell you right now, it's perverted, it's ugly, it's horrible. But God had a plan for Hugh Hefner. And it wasn't for that. It wasn't for evil. It was for good. But Hugh Hefner, lets, he rented, he loaned his imagination to the devil. And the devil perverted it. Because that's the only thing the devil knows how to do. Is pervert people's imaginations. If you give him your imagination, if you give him your thought life, it's going to get perverted. God wants you to loan your imagination to him. Because he'll purify it. And he'll do something good with it. He'll do something for the kingdom. Amen. Go ahead and bow your head for a minute. You say, Pastor Kevin, I don't know this Jesus Christ. I don't, I can't say that I have eternal life with the Lord. I've never asked Jesus into my life. And I want a relationship. I heard about these dreams. I've heard about all these things. But I don't have a relationship with the Lord. And I want a relationship with Him. I want one this morning. I don't want to walk out these doors without knowing that my eternity is secure. Without knowing I can have a relationship with this person that you're preaching about today. Jesus Christ. That is my first dream I want to have. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life and and into my heart. And I want Him to be the lead and the guide of my life. If that's you this morning, every head bow. Every eye is closed. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need this Jesus in my life. Would you just lift your hand up right now? Come on, I see your hand. Who else? Pastor, I need this Jesus. Who else? Do it quickly. Do it now. Do it now. I need this Jesus to come into my heart. I don't want to wait another minute. I need Him to come into my life. He's tugging on my heart. Wait one more second. Anybody else? Raise your hand real high. I see your hand. You put them down. Anybody else? God bless you. Now, would y'all just say this prayer with me? Say, Father, I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross and rose again from the dead. And by his stripes, I am healed. I believe that. I ask Him into my life. I vacate my comfort zone from this day forward. I'm not living life for me. I'm living life for Jesus. I've lived my life. It's got me nowhere. Now I'm going to give my life to someone who can get me somewhere. Somewhere good and somewhere on track. I refuse to be distracted. I refuse to let the enemy destroy my life.
choose Jesus today. In Jesus' name. This is my destiny. That I serve God with my whole heart. Come on, everybody. This is my destiny. That I serve God with my whole heart. I give Him my mind. I give Him my body. I give Him my thought life. I give Him every part of me. I denounce. Come on, say, I denounce those things of the world, those distractions. I'm not going back to that place. Today is a new day. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name.